and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to this week's episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. And in this week's episode, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Phil Jessen, is in the hot seat. We're talking about every sales professional's favourite topic. No, it's not themselves. It is their competitors. I know we would all love to live in a world where we were the only supplier in our marketplace. I'm sure we all fantasise that about from time to time. The truth of the matter is we live in a capitalist society. We're going to have competitors. We're going to have competition. And Phil's going to take us through how do you analyse your competitors and find out how you can get a sales advantage. Phil, over to you. Well, I shall be uh, resorting to a couple of questions fairly quickly to get you chaps involved, but let me start by saying that it was um, Winston Churchill who once said, as you may know, uh, no plan ever survives contact with the enemy. So as good as the plan is, and we have, of course, looked at preparation and planning on a previous uh, Uh, episode of the sales chat show but however good the plan is once our competitors appear on the horizon so to speak uh, it can sometimes go to pot Mm. so the two questions I would like to ask you chaps are first of all what do you think we need to know about our competitors and my second question would be what techniques have we got for achieving that for finding that so what thoughts do you have on that well, the classic, classic one, and it's used a lot, and it doesn't mean it has validity, is doing some form of SWOT analysis. So, what are the, what are the strengths and weaknesses? Or SWOT analysis: strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So, you know, what strengths do your customers? Uh, sorry, what strengths do your competitors have? What weaknesses do they have? What opportunities might those present, and what threats might those? My experience with running SWOT analysis with sales teams and with organisations is people get a bit confused about which perspective they're doing it from. So I would recommend strengths and weaknesses of your competitor from the customer's perspective is one way of doing it. Strengths and weaknesses from your perspective is another slightly different way of doing it and opportunities and threats from your perspective. As a three-stage type yeah, of sometimes exercise. sometimes you get all mixed up in a, uh, so what's our strength? What's our strength as a product? Uh, hang on, do we, is that our view or is that our customer's view? So I would always go, well, what does the customer, how does the customer view your competitors first? Because mm. they're the people who made the buying, the buying decision. That's an interesting comment, um, which reminds me of that well-known guideline in sales that you cannot knock your competitor, but the person who can knock your competitor is, of course, the customer. So just picking up on your comment there about involving the customer, I think there are uh, often three lovely questions that will do that. Uh, How do you feel about the service you are currently getting from XYZ Mm -hmm. company? Brackets, your competitor. Uh, the customer will say something. 
Uh, maybe a, another good question is, well, if you had to give them marks out of ten, how many would you give them? Oh, I think they're good. I'd give them eight. So maybe the third question, therefore, is, so what would we have to do to score the ten? So clearly the competitor is doing a lot of things well, otherwise they wouldn't have been in there for the last couple of years. So yeah. we can't dismiss that. We might as well find out what they are doing well. That's the 8 out of 10. Uh, and then find out what we would need to do to score the 10. And maybe the customer is not yet aware of the fact that we could actually do that. And those, those, those questions will give you some of the information around strengths and weaknesses, opportunities yeah. and threats, for example. Yeah, great. This, the important thing, though, is to work out who your real competitor is and often people get this wrong so if you think about the post office several years ago they thought that their competitors were other postal services so they were worried about these um, private business postal services taking post away from them mm. uh, their real competitor of course was gmail and uh, all the web-based email systems making email much more popular than it ever was. So their, their competitor for postal services was not a postal service, but no. a, a something completely different outside their business. And so they lost business because their competitor was so completely different and new to them, and it wasn't what they thought their competitor was. So if you think now you, you run an email service, who's your competitor? Well, your competitor isn't another email service, it's a pen because people can write letters still. So you've got to think about who your real competitors are and you've got to yeah. analyse those. So when you ask your customer who are the, you know, what do you think of your competitors, they will often think of those traditional competitors. Mm. So you also need to ask questions about what might be a competing kind mm. of service or product that isn't yet um, available or is, you know, isn't yet seen as a competitor but could become... Mm. a competitor. So at the moment, for instance, Google are producing a fantastic device, which is a contact lens. And that contact lens has within it the ability to transmit data and the ability to measure the glucose level in the blood supply of your eyes. And so what that will do is that will provide a constant level for diabetics. It will provide their doctors and diabetes nurses with constant updates of each patient's blood glucose level without those mm. patients having to you know, stick their fingers in a machine and, and prick their fingers and have their blood tested every day and forget to do that and forget to tell the nurse what their latest thing is and then have complications. So if you are in the blood glucose market at the moment, you make those blood glucose monitors that you can buy in pharmacies or wherever, you might think that your competitor is another blood glucose monitor company, but it isn't. It's a search engine. Mm. That's your competitor now. And in many markets, and this is probably not for a, a sales force or sales management or even sales leadership, but I think at a strategic level in organisations, it's working out who your competitor might be in the future. Mm. Certainly one of my largest clients has just moved into a market sector that one of their sort of competitors, they didn't overlap very much, have dominance of, and my client is now moving into a market possibly unex may have been unexpected five five years yeah. ago. You know, you wouldn't have thought if you're a watch manufacturer that Apple yeah. would be your competitor. You know, five, ten years ago, if you said Apple are going to start making watches, people would have thought, yeah, right, yeah, yeah crazy. So, you know, Blockbuster... Blockbuster's competitor was not DVD chains. It wasn't another DVD no. rental chain many years ago now. I forget how long it is since they went out of business. 
It was streaming. It mm. was you know, uh, yeah. it was Netflix, things like that. So, okay. so, so, so we do uh, have we do have to ask those questions about who our current competitors are. Yeah. But we also have to ask questions about the alternative competition. Yeah. That's as well. a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, other techniques then mm. uh, that we can think of for improving our knowledge of what competitors are up to. Okay, so I have a customer who have um, have an email address. And it's uh, competitor gossip at their company name. And any salesperson who emails, uh, picks up any competitive information in the marketplace, and they're in insurance, it is emailed out and then is collated and sent out to the whole sales force within a very short period of time. So they use the the numbers of their sales force. So they contribute to it and they yeah, then get the summary of that. Yeah, so it's kind of like a sort of a collective mm. sales intelligence vehicle. It's a crowdsourced it's, sales it's, intelligence. It is, it's a yeah. crowdsourced competitor information. So yeah. it's very, and they've all got, you know, they've all got smartphones, they've all got iPads, tablets, whatever. It takes them two seconds, they just come out and they also enter it into the CRM and that's also that's also stripped out there. So the competitor information is also stripped yeah. out of the CRM. Yeah. It's a really good way to so they're kind of hunting in packs. Mm. The other thing I'd do is I'd pretend I was a customer of my competitors. Mm-hmm. So I would sign up using not my corporate email address, but yeah. a Gmail address or a Hotmail address or whatever it is. I would sign up for their newsletters. I would you know if they've got free downloads and all of that. I would just get their information and, yeah. f- and do you think some of our listeners might think that that crosses a sort of an ethical line somewhere why does it it's public information they're saying on their on their website sign up for our newsletter it right. doesn't say don't sign up for our newsletter if you're a competitor and mm. um, they've probably signed up for yours mm. so why shouldn't you sign up for theirs <laughs> so but just don't tell them that you're from the competition because obviously they might delete you from the mailing list okay the so other thing is, is Google Alerts. Google Alerts, uh, if yeah. Google, if you go to Google and Google Google Alerts, it'll take you to the Google Alert facility uh, where you can put in any search term that you like uh, with your, and you need a Google account in order to do it. And every day or whatever frequency you ask it, Google will email you with anything that has been updated, I believe. Uh, Graham will probably yeah. know better than I will. So if you, you, know, you put in Fred Blogs Limited competitor, if Fred Blogs Limited announce a new salesperson in there, Northern yeah. office, or they've, they've acquired someone, or, or there's you know bad publicity yeah. about them. You get a Google alert with a link. It's the absolute laziest way mm. to keep up to speed with your yeah. competitors. Word of caution: don't go Google alert crazy, or else you get bombarded, and then you'll stop looking at them. So, yeah. work out who your biggest competitors are and become a mini expert on their business. Ah, well, on that point, one of the companies I work worked with a couple of years ago came up with a very interesting plan on becoming an expert in each competitor uh, they had a sales team of uh, five people yeah. uh, fortunately there were five or six main competitors that they were up against so each member of the sales team became a competitor manager and compiled data purely around that one yeah. named competitor right so rather like your earlier idea of the crowdsourced intelligence uh, this is similar but different in the sense that each person each salesperson becomes the expert in that one competitor so if a colleague was up against that competitor the chances are they would be talking to 
that competitor manager, fellow member of the team, uh, before walking into that environment where they were going to be uh, facing their proposal. The other thing, of course, that you can do is that certainly within a sales team, there's a chance that somebody in that sales team used to work for the competitor. Yes. Yep. And so they'll have kind of insider knowledge of the way yeah. that competitor operates or yep. did operate when they were there. Yep. So, again, that's kind of a bit of this crowdsourcing. You know, who within your business or yep. your team has experience of working with that competitor and that will give you an insight into the way they operate. Yeah. Uh, let me um, just throw in a, like a, a, a note of caution here. That's something I've come across a few times when uh, working with clients and consulting with clients um, is that because it's your product and your service, you know it inside out and any, any flaws or setbacks, and there's very few perfect products, but sometimes become magnified by the people who work in the organisation because you work inside the organisation because you work with the product every day, and if you do get any you know feedback, negative feedback from customers, it, it seems to you know hit home because it's your product, and sometimes you start to sort of almost get negative about too negative, I should think, about your own product. I see, if there's problems, there's problems. A bit pragmatic. But they sometimes, you know, I find I find salespeople are really down on their own products, and then they they think the competitors' products are sort of perfect, which they're not. Which is Graham's point about asking someone who used to work in the company. You're know, working with another client recently, and they two of their highest performing salespeople are for ex competitor, and when you ask them why, they say, "Well, this is just such a fantastic product." You talk to the guys who've been selling it for five to ten years, and they go, "Oh, you know, there's a problem with this." And there's a so it is about perspective, and at the end of the day, the customer's point of view is the most always, always the most valid. Mm. So I think you've got to be balanced about yep. the shortcomings and strengths of your your own product and you've also got to be balanced about the strengths and shortcomings of the, the competitor. Well just on the subject of the products, um, if for example we as the salesperson have four main products and let's imagine that there are three competitors that we're up against, if you think of that as a matrix, every single box on that should be completed we know which of our four products we are selling to that individual customer. We should be able to find out, through all of the techniques we've been talking about, what the customer is spending with our competitors, again, along those four products. So one of the ways that we can encourage our listener to um, be um, confident about how much they know is can you actually build that product and supplier, including us, matrix can you populate every single box or not Uh, once having built it one of the uh, things i often see going wrong is salespeople setting out to attack a huge piece of competitor business going in pursuit of commercial glory where no man's gone before but the guideline the guideline i think probably has to be go for the line of least resistance Absolutely. Once on board, so to speak, then you can start to pick off other bits of business. But make life easy. Go for the line of least resistance. You're talking about um, a competitor matrix. matrix. Um, this might be slightly amusing. Um, we did some work with a client where we were rolling out a sales training program over a number of countries. So I was using uh, local language consultants working working for us in each of the so France, Germany, etc. 
and uh, as, as getting them up to speed with the customer product, I said to the customer, could, could we do like a competitor matrix for our people who are working with your salespeople so they understand your products and they understand the competitors? So we worked with the client and compiled these competitor matrices that we sent out, I sent out to all of my, all of my consultants in the various countries. And then we started to get emails coming back because our consultants were saying, well, in your competitor matrix, it says this. And the salespeople were going, what competitor matrix? What competitor matrix is this? So I had to go back to the client and say, have you sent this to the sales force? And they went, no, that would be an idea, wouldn't it? And I said, yeah, don't, don't train our trainers. Train your, train your salespeople. So it, it, it's just, but they, they assume, they assume their salespeople know it. And, yeah. and, 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 and don't get me wrong, the majority of the salespeople had a very good level of knowledge, but they didn't know everything. And they loved, they loved the matrix. It showed how to construct their sales presentation. Graham, what final point well, from you? Said that, but that, that's often what businesses do. They pre, you know, the office, as it were, produces a report, produces some information that is of value to an audience that they have a target on. And they distribute it to that audience without realising that actually there's information in that report, that analysis that's useful to another audience, like salespeople. Mm. And so don't forget that the information that you produce is useful to you. And if you are able to get hold of that information as a salesperson, don't just go to the sales part of your SharePoint Yes. You know, team, look at the others because there could be valuable reports about competitors in those other parts of mm. your intranet that you don't normally look at mm. that would be useful to look at. Because all we have, we have now have all of the technology to share all of this information. That, mm. and, and the delivery medium is there, but it does take people to populate it and drive it yeah. and, and, and mm. to, make it, to make it happen. Did you have a point, Simon, that yeah. you wanted to make about? The competitors can be good for us. Yeah, competitors can be good for you. I know we'd all love to be in a market with no competitors, but don't forget, competitors make you focus on your sales effort. I think I think if you're in a strong market, and I have seen in a number of industries, if you're working with the absolute dominant market leader at the time, sometimes their salespeople are not quite as sharp as they could be. They confuse the product superiority with their own selling ability, and those are two. Those are two different. If you're a market leader, and I've you know worked in fast-moving consumer goods where we were the number one product, and we were going at twenty-five percent on twenty-five percent, and we were flying, you didn't have to sell that product very hard. You'd almost the sales pitch to the customer was, you know, would you like it? You know, that's not strong selling. So I think a, a good competitor makes you a better salesperson. It makes you listen to your customers harder. And better. It's a little bit like governments are most effective if they've got a, a good opposition, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, democracy, you want, yes, democracy is not perfect, but you want a strong opposition to, to stop the other party from sort of getting, okay. getting everything. There. And just a final, a final thought, I'm probably going to misquote him, um, so apologies, but Jeff Bezos from Amazon said something like, we pay attention to our competitors, we obsess about our customers and I think yes we need to keep our eye on the competition but I have met a few salespeople who are the world's leading experts on their competition yeah. and are, yes. are, are lacking knowledge of their of their customer and well, that, that balances out a kilter I think there's a story about Terry Leahy when he took over as uh, chief executive of Tesco yeah. he'd been I don't know marketing director or whatever he was before 
Um, and you know whether this is a true story or not, I don't know. But it's a story I've been told where he arrives at his uh, first board meeting as chief executive at Tesco, which was way down the bottom. It was you know and also ran in the supermarket business at that point. Uh, and he went in and said that uh, he'd been to all these board meetings in the past, and every board meeting had spent its entire time discussing Sainsbury's and its competitors and hadn't discussed its customers. So from now on, we're not going to talk about the competition very much. We're going to talk about our customers. Mm. And it's probably that kind of switch that was part of the reason why Tesco went from the bottom to the very top of uh, supermarkets. And it just shows you that, yeah, we need to understand our competitors, but we need to focus on our customers. Okay, so just to um, summarise then, before I hand back to you, uh, Simon... Um, yes, competitors can be good for us. They keep us sharp. They keep us um, on it. Um, taking your last point, we need to become obsessive about customers. Um, and if you think about the things that we need to know, the techniques we need to use to acquire more competitor information, I'm going to start with uh, Graham's good point about being absolutely clear about who the competitors are. Brackets, they're not necessarily in our sector Uh, and then we've got techniques uh, that include things like building that SWOT summary uh, maybe involving the customer or certainly looking at the SWOT analysis from the customer's point of view Uh, we've got things like um, joining various databases and signing up for information we've got things like setting up Google alerts crowd-based Um, intelligence gathering networks, appointing competitor managers within the sales team to focus on one named competitor. We've got things like using ex-employees to gather information uh, and also that um, uh, product and supplier matrix where in theory we ought to be able to populate all of those boxes Um, and don't be a hero go for those areas of least resistance. They are probably the areas that are relatively small in terms of short-term volume, but they're probably those areas where the customer would be happy to consider us and maybe areas where one of our competitors is experiencing problems. So why not attack the competitor at the competitor's weakest point, etc. So I think that's, uh, that would be my summary. We didn't talk summary. about much then. We didn't, did we? (laughs) So, folks, we are sincerely hoping that has given you some ideas uh, to uh, improve your competitor intelligence and therefore your sales. So you you maybe want to re-listen to this when you can make some notes if you weren't able to do this time. So uh, good luck and good selling from everyone at the Sales Chat Show. So that has been Phil Jesson, Graham Jones and Simon Hazeldean, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 